If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read verse number 12. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, and verse number 12. Paul writing to a young man, and I discovered today in some of my study that uh, young is relative. Uh, most, uh, or at least uh, one of the primary scholars of the New Testament church, said that uh, he believed that Timothy was somewhere between the ages of 38 and 40. So he was not a kid. He was, he was a young, younger man, but uh, somewhere 38 to 40. But Paul addressed him in a very uh, particular way in the 12th verse. And he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance, goes on with other exhortation. But I want to focus your attention on a particular phrase and a statement that Paul made. He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers, or one translation says to the believers. And everybody said amen. My subject tonight is this. Needed examples. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say needed. This is a want ad. Examples. Praise God. Needed examples. At the southern tip of Africa, there is a rocky promontory point that is known as the Cape of Good Hope. Many think that it's the farthest point south in Africa. It's not. But it is the place where if you are traveling down the western coast of Africa from the equator, it marks the turning point where you quit going southward and you start going eastward. It's a very uh, particular part of the ocean. Uh, the Cape lies at the convergence of the seas, the Indian Ocean, and the waters of the Antarctic. And as you can imagine, they're at the convergence of the warm currents of the Indian Ocean and the cold waters of the Antarctic. There is turbulence. There is great turbulence because of that mixture of warm and cold water. It is known for extreme stormy weather and extreme and tremendous tides and rough seas. It was cited by the Portuguese navigator Bartholomew Diaz in 1488 on his return voyage to Portugal after trying to find the southern limits of Africa and hopefully navigate a new passage to the Far East and open up trade routes. But because of what he encountered at this particular point, where these oceans met and the currents were treacherous and the storms raged, 
Bartholomew Diaz named it the Cape of Tempest or the Cape of Storms. In uh, Spanish, it is Cabo uh, das Temportes, I believe. I'm not really good on Spanish, but I believe that's the Spanish translation. But translated, it meant the Cape of Storm or the Cape of Tempest. And it was named that because of what this man had encountered, the seas that were turbulent, the storms that seemed to rise out of nowhere. And and because of that, he named the place Cape of Storm. But now, today, and for many, many years, it has been known as the Cape of Good Hope. It came about that when it was discovered that this was a passage to the Far East, that a man by the name of John II renamed it the Cape of Good Hope because it had opened doors of opportunity that had been closed. Because, and I want you to get this, because somebody had been willing to face the troubles of those seas and because someone had been willing to face the anxiety and the stress and everything else that went with going through that kind of water, he opened a doorway of opportunity for others to follow. And when that was considered, it changed the way that people looked at that particular area. No longer did they look at it as a cape of fear or a cape of storm or a cape of tempest, but they saw it as a door of opportunity. And all of that happened and it all came about because someone was able to navigate those treacherous waters and overcome all of the difficulties and and all of the problem that they encountered, all of the sea and the turmoil of the sea, they overcame that and they were able to open a door and now people look at that and view it differently than they ever had before. What proved pivotal And life-changing was that someone had shown us that it could be faced and that it could be overcome. Someone proved to us by navigating those waters and by persevering on through the storm and the tempest, they proved to us in spite of the violent weather and in spite of all of the treacherous currents that it could be conquered, that it did not have to be feared or it did not have to be a a place that people only talked about in reverent tones but never experienced any kind of passage the knowledge that somebody had been able to get through there, the knowledge that somebody had been able to overcome the currents, changed the way that people think about that area. 
and they change the name. They change the way people feel because somebody was able to do it. It makes me feel like that I too can do it. And somebody said, Amen. What happens is that this, this navigating of those waters by not only Bartholomew Diaz, but others that came after him, it created a sense of hope and optimism and confidence and courage in people's lives that they didn't have to be a fear, afraid of this kind of encounter, that they, they didn't have to be fearful of going through this kind of situation. Now, with that in mind, I want to take you back to our scripture. And I want you, I'm going to try to tie them together before I get through tonight. But I want you to look again at the writings of, uh, of Paul to Timothy. I love Timothy. I like Titus and Timothy both because they are letters that were written to Paul, by Paul to men in the faith. And they are very personal. And you're, if you read anything in the Bible, read Timothy and Titus often because you'll find a lot of instructions on how to live life and how to deal with things and how you ought to conduct yourself. But Paul, he, some of the best wisdom in all of Scripture is found here. And Paul is addressing young Timothy as to his responsibilities and to his duties and what he had been called to do as a minister of the gospel. And so in his writing to Timothy, he exhorts him that he would be an example. The greatest need of the hour, Paul seems to say to Timothy, is that you would be an example. Now, an example is simply someone who has been there, done that, and live to tell about it. That's an example. As a matter of fact, the word example that is used in the Greek is tupos, which is the word we get type from. And it means the mark of a stroke or a blow or a print, a figure that is formed by a blow or an impression. The word example has with it the understanding of smiting, that something has struck something, and in the striking of it, it has imprinted on it an image, or it has given it a certain character, and now it is an example. And so the word, the very word example, indicates that something had to be endured for it to now be in the place that it was. That there are marks and there are strokes and blows and, and there are things that show there has been an encounter. A figure was formed by this blow. And so an example, if, if I can simplify it, is simply someone who has been through some stuff and has survived. Amen. That's an example. Somebody that has been through some blows. They've encountered some hardship. They've gone through some rough waters. They've navigated some treacherous sea. But they have lived to tell the story. They are now 
an example. An example is someone who has taken a licking but keeps on ticking. Praise God. An example is someone who has suffered a blow but you're not bowed or blown away. An example is someone who has been smitten but you're still smiling. Someone who has been struck but it didn't stick. Someone who has been kicked but it didn't kill you. That is an example. And Paul's admonition to Timothy is we need, we desperately need some examples. We need some people that have navigated the cape of fear and lived to tell about it. We need some people that have been through some storm, that's been through some stuff, and the stuff didn't stuff them. They've been through some trouble, but the trouble didn't undo them. They've been through a trial, but their trial was not the end of their life. We need somebody that's been through some tough time, that's been through some troubled waters, but they have lived to tell the story that you can overcome this, you can rise above this, you can be better than this, you can do more than this, you can accomplish this. Amen. So an example, let me say it again. An example is simply somebody who has been through some stuff and survived. Amen. You've been through some stuff and you've survived. And the cry of Paul was for someone who had been through some stuff. Paul, writing to Timothy, said, I don't need somebody that's had everything going their way. I'm not talking to somebody who's had every prayer answered. I'm not talking to somebody that faith has always been what they've relied upon and it's never failed them. I need somebody that's had a faith storm but lived to tell about it. I need somebody that's had some heartbreak but their heart didn't break. I need somebody that has had some blows in their life, but they haven't bowed out. They're still in the fight. I need somebody that's been through the fire, but the fire didn't burn them. I need somebody that's been through some hard times, but those hard times didn't destroy them. Those who have survived treacherous waters... Those who have survived abuses and abandonment and loss and affliction and trials, but they have triumphed because they're still here. Amen. Somebody asked me that before service, how was I doing? I said, I'm here. And they said, well, I, I don't know if that's, well, I'm here. That's sometime, that's a victory, just being here. Just showing up is a victory. It's, it's not about shouting down the middle aisle and walking on the top of the pew. Sometime in life, just being able to get up and go on is enough. And that's what Paul said, I'm looking for. 
This world desperately needs some people that can get back up after they've been knocked down. Some people that have been through some hard time and they've seen some hard time, but they get back up and they just keep going. Needed examples. What we need more than anything is what Paul cried for Timothy to be. An example. Our times need examples. They need to see someone who has navigated the seas of life and overcome them. Somebody that has navigated through the troubles of life and are still going. Somebody that has been through situations and setbacks. Somebody that's been through problems and pressures. Somebody that's faced failures and frustration. Somebody that's had disappointment and discouragement, but they've overcame. They've risen above them. They've defeated them. They've disconnected from those negative things. And they're still moving on. The world we live in desperately needs some examples. They need to see that this Christ life really does work. They need to see that you can battle addictions and overcome and defeat addictions. They need to see that you can face depression and not drown in depression. The world needs to see that as a child of God, You can manage your emotions without your emotions managing you. If you don't know what that is, that's character management 101. But it's also called temper management, anger management. The world needs to know that a a person that has been born again can face disappointment but not desert their God. The world needs to know that a person can go through situations but not be sidetracked or set back. That you can have problems in your life but not become a problem yourself. I told you this the other night, but disturbed people disturb people. People that are going through storms most a a lot of times in life, I should say, wind up troubling a lot of other people. We don't need people that trouble other people. We need some examples around here. We need some people that go through heartbreak and go through troubles and have to navigate some treacherous seas. But you can still come to church and raise your hand and worship God and live the righteous life. Somebody that can go through all of that. And still smile and say, God is God. No matter what happens, He is still the Lord of my life. That somebody can come to church even when somebody's lied on you and told something that's not true. And you can still walk in here and lift your hand and say, God, I've come to worship you. It doesn't matter what man says against me. What matters most is what you say about me. And you said, I am forgiven. And so that's how I stand tonight, God. I stand as a forgiven man. Praise God. The world needs to know that there is a way through all this. The world needs to know that they don't have to die in their dilemma. 
And where else can they learn that but from the church? From you and I. And the life that we live. They need to know that they can deal with setbacks without becoming a statistic. Why is there such a desperate need for examples? I'll tell you why. Because we live in a world of quitters. We live in a world of quitters. We no longer have the moral fortitude to stand up to anything. We no longer have the moral character to hold anything. If your marriage isn't working, then chunk it and go find somebody else. If your job isn't perfect, then don't give them your best. That's the world we live in. The world we live in is, I'm going to get you before you get me. We live in a world where if the church isn't mega, and I don't mean large by size, I mean that it doesn't meet everything that you expect and do everything you want it to do, then you go looking somewhere else for another church. What we need is for those who can say no, 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 I am standing, I am staying, I am living, I am worshiping, I am going to remain faithful because God is faithful. Our world needs examples tonight because we live in a world that now justifies failure. As a matter of fact, they laugh at it and they lampoon failure. And they even go on tours promoting their failures. When there's been a disaster in their marriage or in their personal life, the thing to do nowadays is go out on the parade route, have a few shows, and 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 make the world laugh. That's what our world is like right now. It's sick in a delirium of no character and no morals where cheaters are cheered and they are promoted where character is something that has been lost and is no longer a virtue but a vice and where turning back seems to be a triumph if there's ever been a day that our world needs an example we need examples right now and we need them tonight in this place what our world needs is for somebody to show us how to navigate the currents of life without being taken under by them. What our world needs to know is that we can live through heartbreak and we can live through being let down. We need to know and be showing them how that we can live through a dark night and still have a song in our soul that we can show up even when we're hurt and we can suit up even when we're hurt. We can come to play and come to worship and come to do what we have been called to do even when things are not ideal in our life. Examples. That's what we need are examples. People that have been through some stuff and have survived. People that's been through some stuff and they're still going. We need people who worship even when they feel whipped sometimes. Amen. We need people that pray even when they feel like they are being prayed upon. 
but they pray anyway. We need people that love even when they are hated. Even when they are hated. That you can live for God in a Laodicean hour. Amen. That in a morally bankrupt world, you can still have standards of righteousness in your life. Our world needs an example. Our world needs somebody that's been through some stuff and said, Hey, I made it. If I can make it, you can make it. I've been there and I was able to make it. You can make it. What we need even in this church tonight are people who can go through some hurt without becoming hateful. You know, it's amazing when people go through hurtful things, how hateful they can become. They become mean as a grizzled bear. Amen. Why? Because they were hurt. But listen, folks, if you live long enough, everybody in this place is going to be hurt more than one time. And if that's all it takes to put you under, the devil has your number right now. And he will continue to do that which hurts you. But you've got to come even when you've been hurt and not be hateful. What our world needs are people who can face sickness but not be cynical. That can grow old gracefully, not grumpily. Amen. That can go through trials and remain faithful. You can endure hardships as a soldier of Jesus Christ. That you can encounter midlife without having a crisis. Amen. That's what our world needs. That's what our church needs. That's what our young people need. To see people that have been through some stuff, but they're still here. They're not bitter. They're not angry. They're not hateful. They're not snobbish. They're not cold. They're not hard. They still love Jesus. They still worship Him. They love God's people. Amen. Warts, pickles, and all. Amen. Praise God. They love God's people with all of its flaws and all of its weaknesses. They still love God's people. What the world needs to see that couples can stay together and they can work out the problems and they can have a future. So, Brother Hughes, that makes me angry or uncomfortable because I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying that's what our world needs. Because we live in a quitting age. They need to see that you can encounter faith storms and not become a fatality. That you can go through times when your faith is shaken, but you're not shaken. That you can go through times when you have had a crisis in your life and in your experience with God, but you don't crash. Amen. The world needs to see young people who can face the craziness of the day and not lose their morals and their morals. Someone needs to show us how to do it. Someone needs to show us that it can be done. And Paul writing to Timothy outlines a few areas in which he said you need to be an example. He said you need to be an example 
in word. That means in your speech, in your conversation, in what you say, in what you talk about, the words that you use. Our world needs people that know how to speak godly. Amen. He said, not only do you need to be an example in word, but you need to be an example in conversation. That word conversation literally means lifestyle or behavior. It means the manner of your life. It means the way that you correspond and interact with people. Your conversation, your manner of living, you need to be an example. Amen. I've told you this many, many times before, and I'm going to keep telling you this. There are some places that I don't go, not because I'm a legalist, but because I want to preserve my character. They tell me, I've never been, but they tell me one of the cheapest lunches that you can find in Houston is at a strip club down the road here. But I will never know because I never intend to go find that. I know that I could go into Specs Liquor Warehouse and buy any kind of condiment. They tell me that Specs Liquor Warehouse has, and you, you think, brother, you just get narrow-minded. Just call me whatever you want to call me, but our world needs an example. They tell me, I, I read somewhere that they have the finest olive bar and the finest uh, uh, cheese bar. And, but you know what? When you think of Specs, you don't think of cheese and olives. And you know what? If you were to see me coming out of Specs, I doubt you would say, Oh, Brother Hugh, stop by to get some olives. Come on now. You know exactly what you'd be thinking. Brother Hughes went down there to get that cheap lunch. No, you wouldn't be thinking I went down to get that cheap lunch. You're going to be thinking, oh, Brother Hughes is morally failing. Now, I, I'm, there's a lot of things in life. Paul said, I'm free to do anything I want to do. But he said, there's some things I've learned I don't want to do because in doing them, I become something that I shouldn't be. And he said, what I want to be is an example. I want to show the world that you can live in a culture that is morally bankrupt and still have morals. I want to show the world that you can live in a world that has lost its principle and still have principles. I want to live in a world where if, if you don't get them first, they're going to get you. It's not the governing motivation of your life. That you still love people and you still give them the benefit of the doubt. You know there's some people even in the church that don't trust anybody. I wouldn't want to live that way. Because I don't believe that's a Christ-like spirit. The Lord trusted me. Even knowing me, He trusted me. Amen. So I want to be an example. I want to be an example in charity. The word charity means the love which God is and which the Holy Ghost produces in us as we yield to it. Love to brethren and love to all. This particular phrase has to do with my relationship with other. And he said, you need to do it. You need to work on your relationship with other 
under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to be honest with you. If it hadn't been for the Holy Ghost in my life, there's some people I just would have a hard time loving. But you know what? I can stand here tonight and tell you I don't know of anybody in this place, even people that are not here tonight that are backslid, that I don't love with the love that God put there. And I'm telling you, if it had not been for the Holy Ghost in my life, I would not be able to love that way. But that's what our world needs. Our world and this church needs people who have been through it. They've been there and they survived. They came to that cape of fear and said, you know what? I think I can get through this. I can make it. And you go through that. You know, some people come to church and they look at all of us and they think, man, those people, they're just perfect. They don't have the problems that I have. But the truth is, there are former alcoholics on these pews. There are former drug addicts. There are people that have been sexually abused on these pews. There are people here, perhaps, that even sexually abused. I don't know. There are people here that have lied. There are people here that have cheated. I hope there's not anybody here that's committed murder. But you don't ever know because a lot is covered by the blood of Jesus. And what you are when you come through these doors is an example. I've been through the fire, but the fire didn't burn me. I've been abused, but the abuser didn't win. I've been lied on, but the liar didn't win. I've been cheated, but the cheater didn't win. Amen. Paul said we need examples. We need people that have been through some stuff, and they survive. Amen. He said, be an example in spirit. That means in the government of your passions. That means in the secret chambers of your heart and mind that you govern those passions. He said, be an example in faith, which means faithfulness or consistency. Be an example in purity. That means in the chasteness of life. It has to do with the sins of the flesh, but more the motives of the heart. Amen. He said you need to be an example of those in purity. Somebody needs to be an example. I'm closing with this thought. There's somebody else that is depending on you making it. There's somebody else that's depending on you navigating those seas. There are children that need to know that their parents are going to make it. There are young people that need to know that this couple or that couple is going to make it. Amen. There are people in our church that are going through difficult things that need you to make it because your making it is going to prove to them that they can make it. Your enduring that is going to prove to them that they too can endure this. And I'm, I'm closing as you stand. Famous last words of every preacher. 
This question came to my mind the other day. Could it be that God has called on you and I to go through some of the things that we are going through so that we can show the world how to make it? Let me say that again. Could it be that God has called on you and I to go through some things that we're going through so that we can show the world how to make it? In a world of quitters, we need an example. In a world of quitters, we need an example. In a world of perverted morals, we need an example of purity and proper relationships. In a world of warring and strife, there is a need of an example on the proper way to handle conflict. Instead of backsliding, instead of becoming bitter, instead of becoming hateful, instead of becoming angry, we need examples. People who can stand and say, I made it, I conquered, I beat it, I overcame it, I endured it. I'm not better than you, but I made it. Amen. I made it. Our world needs a living witness. They don't need dead statues that they can look to and call on for their help. They need some people that are breathing, walking, talking, living in the same world they're living in, facing the same thing they're facing, but facing it in faith and facing it in courage and facing it with confidence, facing it knowing that God is going to see me through. We've all been hurt. Everybody in this building at some point in your life has been done wrong. We've been through experiences that are all painful. Everybody here suffered a heartbreak at some point. Everybody here has suffered setbacks. We've dealt, we've been dealt letdowns. Many of us have even danced with disappointment. But what our world needs are survivors. Our world needs people that's been through it that show you can live to tell the story. What our world needs, Paul said, is for you to step up to the plate. Quit whining, Timothy, if you're whining. Quit moaning about what you're having to go through and just think about it. You may be going through something so you can show somebody else how to overcome it. Has it ever occurred to us that maybe some of the things that we are going through right now is God's preparation for somebody else. And He wants us to make it so we can show that person that's not even here right now, you can make it. What about these people that come in from our ACTS program that are struggling with all kind of addictions and problems? We look at them, some of us pity them. Some of us shake our head and wonder why they keep repeating. We've had repeats after repeats after repeats. And we look at them and we think, God, what is ever going to change? But do you know what? 
But for the grace of God, there go you and I. Now, I know some of us were born in this and some of us were raised around the church. But I'm telling you that if it had not been for God in our lives, many of us would be just like them. You know what those men and women need? They need to see examples when they walk in here. They need to see people that's been through the same kind of struggle. They've had the same taste. They had the same problem. They had the same temptation, but they overcame them. And because they, you overcame them, that speaks to that person that, you know what? You can beat this. You're better than this. You can overcome. That's why you need to smile when you come to church. That's why you need to be happy living for God. Why? Because the world needs somebody that's been through some hard times but still knows how to enjoy living. Amen. Sometimes I look at us Pentecostal people and I think, my God, we need a face makeover. We need a permanent smile stitch on our face. Why? Because we get so burdened down with what we're going through. But go on through it. Go on through it. You can make it. We're all going to make it. These tests were not designed to destroy us. These tests were made to determine our destiny. And that place called Cape of Fears is not really a Cape of Fear at all. It's a Cape of Good Hope. Somebody navigated it. Somebody went around it. Even Bartholomew Diaz didn't even have enough vision to see what he had done. And that's you and I. Sometimes we don't realize how far God's really brought us. But think about where you are tonight. Think about what you've had, all the things that you've gone through. Some of you have lost children. Some of you lost children at childbirth. Some of you have gone through all kind of chaos in your home. You've, you've, you've gone through broken marriages. You've gone through all of the heartbreak. You've gone through lies. You've gone through being fired. And you've gone through being cheated. And you've gone through people stealing from you. But you're still here. And, and, and most of us, if not all of us, are not bitter about it. At least I hope we're not. Paul said, Timothy... If you don't hear anything else I'm saying, hear what I'm saying right now. Be thou an example. The world needs to know that you can make it. They're counting on you making it. Amen. Whatever you're struggling with right now, just keep on fighting. Amen. Keep on smiling. Praise God. Keep on worshiping. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Why? Because the world needs people like you. They don't need quitters. They, they live surrounded by quitters every day. They live surrounded by cheaters every day. They need you on that job. They need you in that situation. They need you in that control room. They need you in that position. Why? Because they need to know that you don't have to stoop to those things to do what is right. Be thou an example. I'm going to put a wall ad in the Houston Chronicle. Needed example. Amen. Praise God.
Some of you have been through the fire. And the smoke is not even on you. You ought to be rejoicing tonight. Praise God. You don't even have any singed hair. As a matter of fact, you don't even look like you've been through the fire. What's that? What's what, what what's with that? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? You need to be an example. 